bitches. Welcome back to the Bitches Brew Podcast. I'm Sol. And I'm Stephanie. And today's episode is really funny, kind of sad. Much like our lives. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Every summer, Steph and I try to do something kind of spontaneous, whether it's like a road trip or like last summer, we started this podcast, which is crazy to think about because we had so many ups and downs with this podcast. (laughs) It's also weird to have them recorded and like put up and out there. Yeah. Like we're very candid slash like very transparent. So, you know, when we're old and saggy, we'll be listening to the podcast. Right. Hopefully we don't get dementia and we actually like remember this. Right. Oh my gosh. Anyways, um, <laughs> on that morbid note. Yeah. But we usually try to do a road trip. This time it was Colorado. Oh, snaps. We're adventurous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These homebodies get out every now and then. <laughs> every few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that's kind of our way to really, like, end summer, you mm-hmm. know? So we are trying to get back into, like, the school mode. And so Steph and I were thinking about teachers and good ones we've had and then bad ones we've had both in like public school and then college yeah because no matter where you go no matter what like educational level you stopped at or are currently in you're gonna experience some really good ones and some really bad ones and like you're gonna go on ratemyprofessor.com and try to find those easy a professors (laughs) i know you (laughs) we know your tricks yeah (laughs) but like i feel like rate my professor is kind of like iffy what works for some students doesn't really work for others Sometimes they're just bitter that they got <laughs> that they got an F in the class and they had to retake it with a different professor, you know? So like with my experience in rate my professor, I just take everything with like a grain of salt. Yeah. And I've seen like some reviews on the teachers will be like, Oh, it's like so much notes, all they do is lecture and I'm like, Where's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> we have very different expectations. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so for this episode, Steph and I are just going to talk about the characteristics that, like, make a good teacher for us, and then the ones that make not the greatest teacher. (laughs) And putting it, like, in the most polite way possible. Yeah, things they could improve on. (laughs) (laughs) From experience. (laughs) And then the later half of this episode is gonna be teacher horror stories which i'm very excited about hold your tits yes it's gonna be lit look at us being hip and yeah oh my god (laughs) the coffee kicked in yeah (laughs) only a couple hours later no biggie nitro cold brew man nitro cold brew it will save you later on. Remember this for finals week. Yes. <laughs> Who are you kidding? Remember this for the first day of class. <laughs> <laughs> that drive down at like 5 in the morning, those 8 a.m. classes. <sighs> I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I guess like what made a good teacher in high school is a very different set of characteristics in college. Yeah. For sure. 
Because, like, high school is really, like, you trying to figure out where you're going, what your interests are, and, like, the teachers are really just there to kind of give you the basics according to your state, (laughs) you know? The best ones, I think, just go a little above and beyond as far as, like, showing interest in your future or, like, showing interest in just you as a student or as a teenager as a young emerging adult, (laughs) you know? Yeah, because I feel like in high school, the emphasis was definitely more on, like, those standardized tests and, like, hitting those criteria from, like, the state guidelines. Whereas in college, it was definitely more like, we just want you to actually, like, learn the material. Yeah, and I think, like, looking back at, like, high school... I mean, I took a lot of AP classes. I took a lot of honors classes. We both did. Yeah. And, like, just the differences in their teaching styles. Like, when you would go into just, like, a basic normal high school class that wasn't an honors or AP, like, there was a drastic change. Yeah. And I think in my high school career, I've only been in, like, one, like, what you would call, like, regular class. It was just, like, your regular 11th grade U.S. history And the workload and the teaching styles were, like, drastically different. And I just felt like the effort the teacher was putting was, like, so minimal. And it just, like, did no justice for, like, anyone in that classroom. Yeah. And, like, spilling some tea. (laughs) Um, I think the most memorable in teacher characteristics is really just the lack of effort and, like, the lack of interest. Because I remember a biology class (laughs) that was just, like, a basic biology because, like, I wasn't going to try to stress myself out with honors biology. And the teacher was, like, obviously a little older, but the girl next to me would, like, come in super drunk, (laughs) super high, and she would literally, like, be passing out on the desk and I'd be like this bitch is gonna fucking die in class like I need to shake her because then her friend was like eyeing me to shake her (laughs) like this is not my responsibility I'm just trying to learn what the powerhouse of the cell is (laughs) don't put this burden of responsibility on me seriously (laughs) but like it was just obviously the teacher saw it but like she just didn't really care enough to really be like hey (laughs) you got an issue you keep passing out in class like what's going on like she was just kind of there to teach what she had to teach and then be gone for the rest of the day because I think she only taught like a few periods yeah and I think to go along with that I feel like the attitude that some of the teachers would have is just, like, I can see that, like, what I'm teaching you doesn't matter to you, so I'm not even going to bother with you. Like, I'm not going to bother with you guys because, like, I'm just doing this because it's my job. Not that I have any expectation that you guys will actually take anything from this class. Yeah, especially when it came to, like, the biology and, like, the chemistry. Those teachers really just assigned a lot more of, like, the busy work than trying to have you learn 
the material in like a meaningful way and it really just showed in the classroom setting so like I got this homegirl trying to like freaking passing out next to me and like she's over here showing us Bill Nye videos and just kind of sitting at her desk and like doing really nothing you mm-hmm. know and like that went along with like a few math professors. Oh yeah. That would <laughs> just like bring in movies from home so that we could watch them during class. And it was just like I think like teenage me was like, Oh yeah, we're not gonna learn anything, we're not gonna do anything in this class. We can just like watch a movie. What's the new Avenger movie? <laughs> you know? And like that really just did a disservice. And just me trying to, like, remember what the freaking formulas were, you know? Because, like, obviously, when your teacher's like, hey, I don't feel like fucking teaching, let's watch this movie, you're being like, uh, fuck yeah, sign me the fuck up, okay. But then it's just like, when it comes to the test and you're just like, this person didn't teach me shit. (laughs) So (laughs) then you, like, go up to the professor and the professor's like, oh, it's A? Yeah. (laughs) Or, like... Eventually, enough students will, like, go up to him and be like, okay, here's here's the answers. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Now I don't know anything about pre-calc. Thanks. Or algebra, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs math anyways? Right? <laughs> when will we ever use math? <laughs> but, yeah, I think it just, like, always came down to how interested the professor was in teaching the material. Because I think if they enjoy teaching the material, then they make it interesting, or they kind of just, like, exceed the sort of energy from them to where it's like, oh, this person's really passionate about teaching us history, so, like, I should probably pay attention, you know? Yeah. Because also students are very much aware of, like, the teacher's attitude and their energy level, and they do feed off of it. And so if they see a teacher that's just kind of like, uh, here's the material, here's the work, whatever, go about it, then they're obviously not going to pay attention and they're not going to take anything away from it. Where if they see a teacher actively engaging in the material and engaging with the students they're going to be just more likely to actually, like, participate in it. Going along with that, some of, like, the best teachers I've had shared that characteristic of they were very motivated and very passionate about what they were teaching us, and they just, like, showed that they cared. So, like, in doing so, not only do you enjoy going to that class, but you also just enjoy the professor. And I remember one teacher in high school gave us, like, a full-blown speech right before graduation around prom time. And it was all about just, like, you you need to take care of yourself, like, don't be pressured into anything, make sure you... Have a, have a way of getting there and coming home and he would just like share a few statistics of like car crashes kind of rise during this time make sure that you're okay that you're safe and like that I remember I had a lot of people crying but like to me it was just like oh you actually really care about us <laughs> you know like we're just, this is new <laughs> yeah so like that was really nice and I think 
that kind of was shown in different teachers in different times of like high school but yeah going along with that there's obviously like different ways that the teachers would show their motivation and I think one of them is just in their organizational skills Mm -hmm. and like not having to wait like months at a time to find out a grade for an assignment and it's also just like keeping the classroom in check helps everything else just like flow so much better yeah and I didn't realize how much of an organizational freak I am (laughs) until I got into college and I had like professors that were really structured and then professors that like were very lenient and I didn't really do well with the ones that were really lenient because even their feedback on like papers or assignments like wasn't very meaningful But, like, the ones that always had, like, here's the syllabus, these are the due dates, this is what we're working on in class every single day, would give, like, the most feedback and, like, the most constructive criticisms. And, like, their classes always ended up being way more productive. Yeah, and I think when it comes to lenient, like, teachers or professors in the short run, it seems like the easier path, and it just seems like, oh, well, they're not going to, like, critique me too hard on whatever it is, but in the long run, it's doing, like, a great disservice to you, because you're either, like, not going to, like, hold on to the material, especially if it's, like, one of your, like, major classes in college. It, like, helps build your education. Yeah, and I think that's just, like, very, very much our preference, because... It also kind of boils down to why you're in college. Because if you're in college to get a degree and to get a good job and to really learn what it is that you are passionate about, then you want the more, like, stricter professor, the one that's going to give you, like, constructive feedback. Like, you want someone to really make you better and challenge your knowledge. But if you're there to just, like, fucking party and, like, tailgate and kind of just take it easy, then obviously you're going to go for the more lenient professors just to get by. But, like, if you're pursuing higher education, then, like, obviously your foundation is very important. So if you don't know shit, (laughs) you're just going to struggle a thousand times more trying to relearn what it is you were supposed to learn in the first place on top of learning what it is you're supposed to be learning in grad school. (laughs) So we're going to share with you some stories about teachers experiencing the harder part of their job. Yeah, it's not all rainbows and sunshine for the teachers. Mm -hmm. So we are going to start off with the most disturbing day a teacher has experienced, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they say. (laughs) (laughs) But this is by the good old ranker.com who really just goes on Reddit and does the job for us, and so we just like to read some stories off of it. Yeah, good old drinker. (laughs) Doing God's work. (laughs) (laughs) Doing God's mission. (laughs) We're just going to start with a story um, that is titled, Student Kicks Teacher's Pregnant Stomach. Yeah, this bitch goes there. (laughs) Okay, 
So, this is from the student's perspective. It starts off by, my chemistry teacher was pregnant in her third trimester. In parentheses, she says, I think she was pretty big and looked like she was going to pop soon. But one day, that teacher and this bitch of a student got into an argument because the student was caught being on her phone. Of all things. Right. Being on her phone. But she kept on insisting that she didn't have her phone out. Everyone knew she was lying since we all saw it. And the student started cussing and was slamming everything around. So the teacher called the hall monitors to come escort the bitch student out. (laughs) I love that they have hall monitors. We never had hall monitors. Yeah, we did. We have, like, security guards. I'm sure, like, that's their version of it. Oh, because, like, when I hear hall monitors, I think of, like, Ned School Declassified. Declassified. You know, like, the one that has the little tickets and giving tickets out to the students. Yeah. Or it's, like, just another student on, like, their free class, and it's just, like, walking around with their little tickets and their badge and their sash. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I think of when I read hall monitors. Okay. So, before the hall monitors could come, though, the bitch student got up and kicked the teacher in the stomach. Everyone in the room just let a giant gasp, and we were all stunned. I was in the front and was frozen in my seat for a couple of seconds. The bitch student then walked out like she owned the world, and some students, including me, all ran to the teacher and tried to help her. But the hall monitor came, and soon we were told to back away. We all got to go home early, so the teacher had to be put on bed rest, and the baby was fine when he was born. I don't think charges were ever made, but the student was kicked out of school. Even the full-time jerks in that class agreed that she went too far. Of course she fucking did. Yeah, you don't fucking kick a pregnant person's stomach. Like, there's a line, and that bitch clearly fucking crossed it. But, like, also the fucking nerve, you know? Right? And you're just going to walk out, like, thinking you're some badass, tough-ass bitch. Like, no. You're an asshole. Like, get over yourself. Also, if I were that teacher, I would have pressed charges. Oh, for sure. what if the baby fucking died? Yeah. Moving on. So, this one is called Student Poisons Her Unsuspecting Teacher. How fun. (laughs) Can you imagine just going in thinking that you're going to have a good day at work and then you get, like, fucking poisoned by a student? Right? Like, I did not sign up for this. This is not worth the shitty wage I'm already getting. Right. Um, More on that later. (laughs) Anyways, so it starts off with, I was in middle school, a girl in my class slipped rat poison into the teacher's coffee when she was out of the room. Oh my gosh. That's intense. I was over here thinking like the girl just like slipped some like laxative or something in her coffee. Yeah. To go to fucking rat poison. Like this bitch is psychotic. (laughs) Yeah. But the teacher was rushed to the hospital pretty quickly and lived but never came back to school. Yeah. I don't blame her. (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) The girl was expelled after a few people in the class admitted to seeing her put the poison in. The ones that came forward were suspended for a long time for not telling anyone until after. I have no idea what happened to the girl who did it. She was only 12? This bitch was 12? Oh my gosh. Uh, I hope she got into counseling. 
Yeah. Um, so there probably wasn't much punishment. She was the quiet nerdy too, the last <laughs> person you'd ever suspect to do anything like that. It's always the quiet ones. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of poison, a mom pranks the teacher with laxative cookies, but the teacher shares them with the whole class. Good. (laughs) (laughs) So the story starts off with, in case that would rank amongst the most immature parenting decisions of all time, a woman from New Portland, Maine, conspired with her daughter and her daughter's friends to bake a batch of cookies stuffed with laxatives in a scheme to prank her daughter's teacher. What a bad parent. Seriously. She reminds me of, like, the cool mom that's gonna, like, try to be hip and young with, like, the daughter. Yeah. I'm not, like, a boring mom. I'm a cool mom. (sighs) Quote, mean girls. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so they crushed up laxative pills and stirred it into the mix, and then left the cookies on their teacher's desk with a note saying, quote, We made these cookies especially for you. Hope you enjoy them. Those bitches. That's when it all backfired. Being a generous, thoughtful person, the teacher shared the cookies with the entire class, unintentionally making anyone who ate one incredibly sick. What's really disturbing to think about, though, is that if a single cookie contained enough laxatives to make someone sick, their intention was for the teacher to eat all the cookies, which would have led to a serious medical emergency. The mom responsible for the prank was sentenced to 50 hours of community service. Only 50 hours for almost killing someone? Yeah. And this teacher sounds delightful. (laughs) (laughs) What if she was a granny? (gasps) No. Protect the grannies. (laughs) That's my campaign slogan (laughs) for when I run for office. Um, Staff for 2020. Yes. (laughs) Protect the grannies. Right. The new Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Speaking of grannies and the older generation, this one is called Kid Injures 60-Year-Old Teacher. I was not in the class, but my friend was. And what had happened was that there was this old white teacher, about 60-something years old. We'll call him Mr. M for this story. Mr. M told a student to be quiet because he kept interrupting the class and was wandering around the room constantly. The student kept talking back, and Mr. M gave the student a warning that he was going to give him a referral. The student then attacked the teacher by grabbing his tie and choking him. Oh my gosh. Then the student started to hit the six-year-old teacher and slammed his head on the corner of the table. Some other low-life waste of space student was recording and was egging him on. In the video, you can see a couple students running outside the classroom Minutes later, when Mr. M is unconscious, the bastard is still beating on him. Finally, the hall monitor came and the student was taken into custody. Rumors went around the school that he did it on purpose to go back to juvie. That story is a lot. That was a whole... That was much more brutal than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, this poor old man. Teachers don't deserve this. (laughs) They really don't. They really do deal with a lot of things that they just aren't trained or equipped to handle. 
Mm-hmm. Also, this just takes me back to, like, middle school when, like, fights would break out and, like, everyone would kind of, like, circle around and, like, totally pick, like, one fighter and just, like, shout their name and just, like, support the one that's, like, winning the fight or, like, record it and then put it up on MySpace, you know, <laughs> yeah. those days. But- <sighs> I just can't with the people that, like, record it or that, like, support this type of behavior. Like, how fucking badass are you that you're beating on a 60-year-old teacher? That literally did nothing to you and you're the asshole to begin with because you're just, like, interrupting the class and he was just trying to get, like, the class in order so the rest of the students can fucking learn. I mean, the fact that if he was really doing this to go back to juvie... Also, the kid's going through things, and the teacher was just the one that he decided to take it out on. Yeah, because if you want to go to juvie, I can only imagine, like, what your home life is like. Let's move on. (laughs) So the next one is called, Student Walks Teacher Inside the Classroom After the Fire Alarm Goes Off. That is, like, one of, like, my worst nightmares. Is, like, having to deal with all the school drills. Yeah. And then for a freaking student to lock me in a classroom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need that kind of anxiety in my life. Seriously. But the story goes, one day we had a fire alarm. A real one. (gasps) Yeah. One student was the last student out of the room, and when he left, he laughed in my face and slammed the door shut. This is from the teacher's perspective. He stood outside holding the doorknob so I couldn't get out. He wrenched or jacked the knob so hard that once he fled the building, the doorknob didn't work anymore. Oh my god. I was trapped in my classroom with the fire alarm going off and I couldn't call anyone to let me out because they had all gone outside with their students. So I sat there with my fingers in my ears. The fire alarm was very loud. For about an hour. Eventually, I heard voices outside. It was the firefighters responding to the call. I explained the situation through the door, and they all had a good laugh. Then they brought a custodian in to jimmy the door open. Those firefighters are dicks. Right? (laughs) Just, like, help a bitch out. Don't laugh at me. I'm out here struggling. I've been here for an hour. Just get me the fuck out. Yeah. That was the worst day of my teaching career, and then of course the kids mocked me for it for weeks after. The kid was definitely the worst in terms of classroom behavior. Yeah. Like, imagine if that was, like, a real, like, fire spreading throughout, and he was, like, stuck in there. Yeah, like, the building was on fire. Yeah. Kids really don't think things through. (laughs) Seriously. Blame it on their frontal lobe. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is called Worst Person Ever, question mark. And this one is by the same teacher that had the student lock him in the classroom during the fire alarm. And he goes on to say that the worst human being he has ever known was a very bright student. He made good grades and impressed all of the teachers and many of his peers with his talent. But he was and is an utter sociopath. I fell under his spell for his ninth and 10th grade years, but by the time he got to 11th grade, I was starting to get suspicious. 
By the end of his 11th grade year, all the teachers knew he was a piece of shit, and by the time he graduated, he was roundly hated by many of his peers and any teachers that had him in his class. He lied, he stole, he cheated, and he was utterly immoral about it. He schemed his way into a full scholarship to an out-of-state university with a prestigious program in his field of interest and got kicked out within a year. Oh, dang. I'm really curious, like, what he did to get kicked out. Yeah. But also, I'm, like, curious about, like, the teachers, like... Obviously, like, teachers talk to one another, and I'm, like, wondering if, like, when we were in, like, high school, if there was, like, people that they thought were sociopaths. Yeah. Or, like, on their, like, do not cross list. Uh (laughs) Like, what's the gossip, you know? Yes. I want all of the tea. There is one that says, it doesn't stop in college. It starts off with, I'm not a teacher, but I work at a university and deal with helicopter parents. Look, I understand you are proud of your kid and want to help them, but do you really need to come to all their appointments? And if you do want to attend said appointments, for the love of your God, shut up and let the student talk. I have had appointments with students and never heard them speak because the parent did all the talking. Dude. That's just embarrassing, especially at, like, a university. Yeah, where you're, like, supposed to be in charge of your education and be making decisions on your own. Yeah, which I get it. It must be hard, especially, like, being with helicopter parents. Mm -hmm. That they're always going to be, like, on your ass even if you, like, move away or even if you go into college. But, like, at some point you just got to put your foot down. Yeah. This reminds me of the Mexican meme where it's, like, a kid going into the doctor's office. And it's like, oh, so what brings you in today? And they, like, automatically look at the parrot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was me. They're like, Mom, you explain. (laughs) But I feel like in all of these stories, you can see that, like, teachers are not only, like, expected to do a lot more than just teach the child, but, like... They have to deal with literally everything and anything. Like, it's not just the child, it's the parents and the family. And it's not just the teacher, it's, like, the school administration. And without getting, like, too in-depth, because we can totally do a different episode on just the policies that come into play with teachers and just public schools in general, but they have to deal with so much that they're not being paid enough and Mm -hmm. like they're not being compensated for the work and the effort that they put in day in and day out for like an entire school year and summers because like everyone kind of looks at like a school job or like a teacher job and be like oh you get vacations off and you get summers off and it's like super great it's sunshine and rainbows but like that's not the reality yeah not at all because even if they have, like, the summers off, they still have to, like, work a part-time job just to sustain themselves. Or they're working on, like, next year's classroom lessons and figuring out, like, what they're going to teach as well as, like, going to, like, conferences and, like, extra courses just so that they can be, like, the best teacher. And, like, they really don't ever get, like, actual time off. Yeah, I find it to be just, like, very heartbreaking because 
I like to believe that like teachers go into the profession to really make a difference, you know, like starting off young for like the next generation, like you really want to contribute to like what these kids are learning. But when you don't have the salary to cover a broken tooth or you only get $50 per semester to spend on your classroom, and they end up spending $400 a semester, $400 out of pocket. Like there's something wrong in the way we are viewing teachers, the way we're paying teachers, and the way we're treating teachers. But like we found an article, a Time article, that gives you little snippets of what teachers are dealing with. And we think it's really important to just read you some of those. Like, yeah, we're, we're all fun and games with the really funny stories, but at the end of the day, there is a reality that needs to be acknowledged. And because we're going into a new school year, maybe bring in donations. <laughs> yeah, help your teachers out. If younger siblings, maybe, like, help them out and, like, give donations to give to their teachers. Yeah, and you can always do, like, thank you cards to, like, teachers or professors. We're just going to read a few little snippets. So the first one I think is really important to note is, right now, I have a broken tooth that I can't afford to have fixed. I've had to take a sick day before because I didn't have enough gas to make it to school. I donated plasma twice before my first payday this year just for gas money and I was really embarrassed when I first had to start doing that because I think of myself as a professional and I have a master's degree. Like how sad. This one is, I have been teaching for almost 20 years. I'm a single mom and it's not about wanting a pay raise or an extra income. It's just about wanting a livable wage. I've been running around with a crack in my windshield for three months because I can't afford the more than $200 deductible on my car insurance. When I pay all my bills, there's nothing left to put into savings. I'm terrified that I won't have anything to put towards my eldest daughter's college education. If you become the teacher you're meant to be, there are rewards other than the financial. However, the utility companies do not care that you had a great day with one of your students, that you had a light bulb moment. They don't care that you're coaching the soccer team or anything like that. They want you to pay for the services that they provide you. I cannot tell you how many letters I got this summer that said final notice or disconnection as of this date. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is from a teacher in Washington State, and he says, I'm set to make about $63,000 this coming school year, my fifth year in the classroom. Last year, I had almost $500 in student loans, all of my utilities, credit card payments, a $180 car payment. When all is said and done, I had a little more than $100 per month, and that's not a real big entertainment budget or savings budget. In reality, it affects every part of my life. I have to decide, is that worth having to eat a cheaper meal or wondering if I'm going to have enough gas to get through the week? Do I get to go out to dinner with my girlfriend tonight? 
and how is that going to impact whether I can pay rent next week? Those decisions create a lot of stress in a person's life. I also am someone who deals with depression and I'm dealing with all of this additional stress that could be pretty easily solved by making $10,000 to $15,000 more a year, which teachers in neighboring districts are making. What we're hoping for is competitive salaries. If the city of Tacoma wants to continue being a world-class public school system, we need to be able to attract new teachers and keep experienced teachers. Quite frankly, if I can drive an extra 10 minutes to make $10,000, that's an easy decision for me to make. And I think his statement and like his little snippet really kind of just encompasses everything that teachers are kind of dealing with, mm-hmm. where it's there's such a discrepancy and difference between districts that people really don't take time to consider that a, quote, lower-income school district is going to pay their teachers less than a more wealthier, higher-income school district, you know? And it's also very disheartening that, like, teachers have to be making all these extra sacrifices just to make ends meet within the classroom and their own personal lives because they aren't getting paid what they're supposed to be getting paid. Yeah, and obviously the teachers that have more experience and that can see that if they make an extra like 10, 15 minute drive to another school district, it's just going to take really good educational teachers out of those more lower class, poorer districts, and it's just going to affect the students. At the end of the day, having this is just having this system in place is ultimately also going to affect the students because having a very stressed out teacher worrying about bills means that they're not fully committed to their job because they're thinking about like, oh, did I pay this bill or will I have enough money to get to work tomorrow? Like, it's a lot of stress for a teacher and it's also like they're not asking for like a ridiculous amount of money. They're just asking for it to be a little bit more livable. And I think that this shows exactly where we stand politically. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like teachers went to school, like they got a degree. They're wanting to make a difference. They're wanting to teach the next generations. And their wage where it is now is not enough to be able to live a decent life and it's just like as human beings (laughs) there has to be like a line where you're just like no we stand our ground and even though they have unions that's obviously not enough and these are like harsh realities that we need to be facing and even though teachers in the classroom aren't expressing all of this behind classroom doors amongst each other like that's happening. This is coming from Kara, who's a 28-year-old teacher in Oklahoma, and she says, "I knew the pay wasn't great, but I don't think I truly understood in terms of expenses and in terms of just being able to get by how close I would be cutting it. I make about 34,000 as a teacher. 
As of right now, I can't save. Hold on. As of right now, I can't save. I can't buy a car. I can't buy a house. But I can get by. The only thing that I'm able to save is my tax return. My battery in my Jeep died a few months ago, and I just kept thinking... When the car dies, I'm going to have to buy another one. And the monthly payment, I just don't know how I'll do it. My friend is getting married in Salt Lake City next month. And he messaged me a month ago and asked if I'd be able to attend the wedding. I started to look up flights. Even with the pay raise that we're going to get, I couldn't swing it financially. He understands and my friends understand, but it's embarrassing to pretty much say I'm working 40, 50, 60 hours a week sometimes and I still can't afford to go to a friend's wedding. It's not anything ostentatious. I don't feel like I live a life where I'm spending money left and right. It's just really humbling to have to tell one of your best friends that literally I just don't have enough money and I won't by the time the wedding arrives. It's also humbling when you're in the grocery store and people who are well-intentioned find out somehow that you're a teacher and suddenly they start talking about how little you get paid. I don't think it's ever malicious, but it just kind of eats away at you and you start to question your worth and question whether you should stay in education when you make so little. I think they bring it up as a way to show their support, but ultimately it comes across as, I can't believe you're still a teacher. Yeah, and I think this sort of perspective of oh like you make so little like why are you still a teacher is also applicable to our field Mm -hmm. of social work it's like oh you make so little why'd you decide on social work you know yeah and yeah like we do it for the kids we do it for the outcome it's really like you go in knowing you won't be making a lot but you'll be making some sort of difference amongst the kids and or amongst individuals mm-hmm. in general, right? Like whatever population you're serving. And teachers just go into this like loving kids and wanting to teach. And it just sucks that our values as a society are so misconstrued that we have CEOs of like large corporations, people on Wall Street making millions and millions of dollars and billions of dollars where the people dealing with individuals on the daily basis day in and day out doing community work and just basic life mission stuff like everyone needs an education we live in a country that provides a free education system but is it really free yeah not only that but like people think that like you going in for like for the students or like for us for like just to take care of like a population like that should be payment enough But, like, yes, we went in to, like, help better educate the next generation. Or we went in to, like, help a population. But at the same time, we still deserve an adequate amount to just get by and not to have to struggle and not have to, like, get two or three jobs and, like, do without and ultimately have our family suffer because we are not making a livable wage. Yeah, This is an article from the New York Times, and according to the Federal Department of Education, it was released that 94% of public school teachers in the United States reported paying for school supplies without reimbursement in the school year. And the teachers who reported spending their own money on supplies shelled out on average $479. 
Like, that's a lot mm-hmm. to come out of your own pocket, like a semester, with 7% reporting spending more than 1000 Like, you go to, like, any other job and you're not going to, like, spend your own money to, like, make it better. Like, say if you work an office job, you're not going to take money out of your own paycheck to buy extra copying paper or to get extra pens for everyone else. Yeah, like, that's the company's expense. Yeah. But I think that just, like, shows the position that teachers are in. Where, like, teachers and, like, the public school system take on your kids for roughly eight hours, sometimes more, um, depending on, like, the after-school programs, too. And, like, those are usually nonprofits, so, like, they work off government money and grants. Like, it just kind of shows you and it gives you a perspective of where the teachers are at the moment. And we really wanted to just touch on these points. I think teachers are just never given enough credit And it's kind of just, like, very unfortunate. We are going to leave all the articles that we used down in the description below of this episode. If you have any teacher stories, any comments, concerns, feedback, we would love to hear it. Um, Either through emailing us at thebebrewpodcast at gmail.com or DMing us on Instagram at thebebrewpodcast. Uh, Make sure you subscribe, rate us if you like the episode, if you want us to do more of these types of episodes. Just make sure to share us with all of your friends and keep up with our Instagram. But until then, we will talk to you guys next week when we come out with a new episode. Hope you're prepping for going back to school if you're going back to school. If you're not, then enjoy living your life (laughs) (laughs) drink your coffee for sure alrighty Bye. bye